Welcome to the KCSU Music Podcast. In preparation for this year's Winter Wondergrass Festival in Steamboat, KCSU's assistant music director got to sit down with the Bluegrass Band, Pixie and the Party Grass Boys, to discuss everything from festival preparation to their Utah roots. We hope you enjoy. Pixie and the Party Grass Boys, and my name is Amanda Grapes Dellinger. I play the fiddle. Katia, <laughs> pretty much everybody calls me Pixie. Um, and we sing and speak lately. Terry Mead. I'm Zach, and everybody calls me Zach. <laughs> and I play the bass. Nice. My name's Ben. I play the mandolin. I'm going to direct my guitar. Awesome. So I know y'all have played Winter Wondergrass before. How was your experience with that? We have a lot to Winter Wondergrass. Um, they were through Amanda, knowing some of the like Scotty and Vegas and the folks that ran it. She um, sort of convinced them to just take a chance and let us attend, and um, as just as guests. And one of the bands that were there dropped out, and they asked us if we wanted to fill a spot, just on the goodwill of knowing her and believing that she would bring a good band. And that opened so many doors for us. All of a sudden, these people that have seen us play that set were telling those other festivals to check us out. Yeah, um, awesome. How long yeah, ago was that? 2017 or 2018, somewhere around nice. there. I feel like anything pre-2021, I'm not sure when it happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, it was a year, like sometime. It's pre-2021, so, or pre-2020. So basically, like, you know, biblical times. Yeah. Yeah, right? Um, awesome. Place. For sure. Yeah, before the world changed forever and ever. Um, so I first heard of y'all because y'all played rhythm in the uh, Rhythms on the Rio this summer, and my best friend went, and she was like, oh, there was this awesome band. Like, you should hear this song, Ski and Party. So can you tell me a little bit about that song? Uh, uh, so Ski and Party is a song that I wrote, uh, and, um, it was just, I had a, I had a friend who had a motto that was Ski and Party, you can't Ski and Party if you don't Ski and Party, and that was kind of her response to, like, hey, do you want to, you know, we'll be on a chairlift and be like, hey, do you want a beer? And she'd be like, oh, yeah, you can't Ski and Party if you don't Ski and Party. Or like if she'd call you up and be like, yo, let's go ski. And I'd be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can make it up. She'd be like, come on, man. You can't ski and party if you don't ski and party. Um, and I just thought it was like pretty comical and thought it would make a great song. And uh, yeah, I just kind of wrote it with, uh, you know, the uh, mountains in mind and the communities that we have uh, created up here in the mountains in the Wasatch of Utah. And, uh, you know, it's like, because this band, I mean, we kind of all met through skiing and partying. And, uh, For sure. And, uh, and we got our we got our start here in, in Salt Lake City, just like through our ski friends. And like, you know, our, our very first gigs were like at like cabins and woods up in the mountains. And um, now this was before me. However, I was there, too. They just didn't know that I was on the same mountain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was kind of how, how that all came Nice. So I take it skiing is a pretty big part of all you guys' lives. Uh, do you have any favorite ski resorts near you guys? We have to say Greg. We have to. Like, we are always there. Um, some of us have had 
had or have cabins there. Most of us have worked there at some point. Um, I got engaged and married there. Yeah. <laughs> we play there every single winter. It's sort of just a lot it's with great. those cabins that Ben was talking about. It was really just the community at Brighton. Um, there's, so there's a lot of fun mountains out here to ski, but I would say the community of Brighton is definitely um, how does living in in Utah influence y'all sound? Utah is a kind of a make your own fun music scene. Like uh, there's not really much of an established music scene here, like you would see in like Denver or like yeah cities that have become uh, national hubs for music. We get a lot of good bands coming through here, but like there's not much of a like scene in Utah proper. And uh, Utah is kind of, uh, you know, there's such a big influence of the Mormon church uh, that you're either kind of like part of the, the church culture or you're part of the counterculture. So uh, the pushback against, uh, against, you know, the religious influence around here has been a big part of, uh, of uh, my personal songwriting development, which is kind of like, uh, I, think, I think we have a little bit more of a aggression, a bit mm-hmm. more of an edge than you would see in places where life is happier. Yes. For so sure. Always, yeah, and I've always uh, agreed with them. We talked about there's a lot of really like happy, and don't get me wrong, I love this, but a lot of very like happy, life and beautiful. I live in a cabin on a farm in the mountains, bluegrass, and then we're over here like, our state is a theocracy, and they're ruining the planet. Uh, and there's yeah. a little can't breathe and we can't breathe and everything's awful but we still have to play yeah um, for sure and sometimes it comes out pretty with uh some you know lyrics that maybe allude to that sometimes it comes out very angry one of our most recent songs we finished is called these chickens eat fascists sure as <laughs> so, they should <laughs> um are, are any of you guys actually from utah yeah, um, boy, Neil Downs was born and raised here, and Andrew uh, mostly raised here. Yeah, I was born here too. Wow, he's <laughs> <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely sorry. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm nice. basically I'm basically from Utah. I like moved there when I was about ten. So. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. That's he was actually the only one who had an experience in the Mormon Church. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. How how was that? Uh, you know, it was good in a lot of ways. Like I had like in my ward, which is kind of like the people in your immediate surrounding neighborhoods that go to the same time slot on Sundays. Yeah. I had a lot of friends, you know, and we did a lot of activities and stuff. So a lot of it was kind of about the neighborhood community. And then when I started reaching my teens, a lot of the stuff I was listening to in the meetings started bothering me. And then I left. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I grew up Southern Baptist, so similar kind of yeah. thing, I would say. Um, I mean, obviously not to that like extent, but yeah. interesting how that, uh, how I feel like everyone knows someone who has a story or everyone has a story. That's kind um, of this. It's like, it's all about community and inclusion until you hit your teens and then it's about indoctrination. Yeah, it's the yeah for sure. Growing up in Salt Lake and not being Mormon, I grew up and like it was just like I had a bunch of friends in elementary school 
and they were Mormon, and it wasn't just like whatever. You go to that church, I go to this church, um, or I don't go to church and you go to that church, and it didn't matter. And then all of a sudden, in my teens, I like felt there was like a lot of pressure for my friends to be Mormon. And then yeah. when I when I resisted that pressure, I lost like all my friends. And, yeah, uh, that's kind of cool. I didn't know this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, really? Well, I actually have family here that's Mormon, and they like, I met with them once when I moved here, and then they found out I was living with a guy out of wedlock, and I never heard from them again. Oh, well, it happens. Um, <laughs> do you think that influence um, from any of you guys uh, affects the way like your music sounds or like themes in your music mm-hmm. at all? I think you can't avoid it because you live here. Yeah. I think it's what makes us. Us. For sure. But also, like, the good stuff influences it, too. I mean, like, Cabin Fever is a super um, happy instrumental song about, you know, inspired by, um, you know, bright cabins and the landscape and just, like, loving, like, you go outside and you just look around and you're like, oh, my God, there's this gorgeous mountain everywhere I can yeah. hike and ski and just right in my backyard and it's beautiful and amazing, so... You know, there's there's a happy part too that I I feel like influences me a little bit more. I try not to Ben Ben and I process things differently. Like he embraces the anger, and I'm just like, no, let's let's focus on pretty stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Going into the conversation that we're having, um, I personally have never really thought about this as clearly, but I don't actually think that much of it, if any of our music, is in response directly to like what we've been talking about, like the local. Mormon culture. I think it's indirectly about Utah culture, and then doing it. No. Yeah, and then a lot of the time, I feel like we're, we're reacting to um, national culture. Yeah, it's interesting how those two things like reflect each other. Um, I wrote a song called "Be Kind." That's how. I yeah, because that was the reaction to global events. Our song "Be Kind" for sure. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't say no that Mormons have much of anything to do with our songwriters, positively or negatively. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel that. I was just curious about like I know um, lived experiences are a big influence to like anyone's art, and I was curious to see like how those lived experiences or really any other lived experiences that you can name went into like what you are creating. Oh, I'm easy. I only write songs about like. Love heartbreak, God of death. That's it. That's a love God. She's like Taylor Swift with more variety. I've got like, I've got like, what's the sad girl songs, <laughs> and then like musings on God, and then um, love songs to death. That's about all I got. They pretty much all fit one of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. That's a good point. I said like sad girl songs. Songs about songs about boys. Songs about like <laughs> which I'm like not a sad person anymore. Nice. So, like, what am I going to write about? I've been writing more about, like, God and death. Um, existential thing. I, like, moved on from getting dumped to writing a song recently, but, like, talks about priestesses of Avalon. Why not? You happy about your ex? You wrote a happy... I did! One of my most recent songs was actually, like, a happy song for one of my exes. Like, dang, dude, you look like you're doing great. Oh, that's sweet. I wrote a song, yeah, inspired by my ex-boyfriend really happy here's a line in it but nothing makes me happier than your smiling face 
Oh, uh, finally found your place. Um, gosh, who am I, you guys? I don't even want to like share nihilistic, existentially sad memes. You're like a happy, healthy person. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm like wishing forgiveness and happiness on it. Yeah. What have y'all been listening to lately? Well, I've been listening to a lot of Mac DeMarco lately. He's somebody that I always known about that's my honest answer because i listen to like salad things today while i was thinking um what else that's cool that is that's cool me oh you know you're good he's, he's not he's not really anything like our music um i really like this band called Leave twist they're from okay that's um uh, I'll just I'll try to keep it short, but I've been listening to a lot of uh, Corey Wong and uh, also a lot of Kendrick Lamar, like his uh, earlier stuff, like pre two tenth of all right. Um, and then um, I've been listening to uh, like just a lot of like classic bluegrass, like Tony Rice, JD Crow, and uh, a lot of David Bisbee. That makes me feel better here, that you know what? Well, I also I've also been listening to a lot of like uh, like obscure old time, like uh, this band called Listen One's Made String Band, which is uh, a lot of the bass. Uh, I don't know. And then um, the 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 banjo player and the fiddle player have like any fields. Uh, like a, it, the album is called a field. It's just the two of them in like nature playing old time music to like a stereo player. Uh, oh sweet yeah yeah so it's like they're going like feet it's like modern field recordings uh, that's dope so that and then and just, uh, so. yeah sure i mean you, balance yeah. listen to a lot of molly title two album and california blue drops between staple Nice. Pass. Oh, yeah, but of course. I was I literally, yeah. How could you not mention Yemba? Like, we're all obsessed with Yemba. Uh, uh, I'll introduce you to it. Okay. Um, so I actually, like, weirdly, I'm going to follow my review guys of, like, some bluegrass or just stuff on one hand, which I actually really listen to this band. Um, specifically, I have had the song song of the traveling daughter by abigail washburn on loop it's such a good song i am obsessed with like the mandarin chinese chinese folk music bluegrass mashup um but then i also uh who knew we needed who knew that we needed bluegrass chinese folk music um and then on the other hand um not really a specific artist, but because I am a caricature, apparently I've been listening to a lot of like uplifting, positive um, affirmations, rap music. Not word I was That's the whole way to get into that. I would say I would recommend Queen Herbie is like a nice way. She's not trap, but really she's a, she's a good. Uh, <laughs> I have a playlist that's like literally just songs that are just like about like. I got money in the bank. I'm a powerful woman. It makes me really psyched in the morning. But anyway, Queen Herbie spelled QB is a great entry point into this nice. genre some, of some motivation. Right. Positive affirmation. Motivation. 
Oh, mine's the most boring, I guess. I mean, there's always old time and bluegrass in my playlist, but um, I just went to Ireland last October uh, on a um, like a, the tour with Socks in the Frying Pan, which is like an Irish band. And so I've been listening to a lot of their radio, which is a lot of Socks in the Frying Pan and um, We Banjo 3. And then there's been this new band in the in the rotation, in the playlist, um, the East Pointers. So they're, they're, that's my new discovery of Irish bands. So. Um, yeah, nice. Uh, going back to what Katya said about um, we like, like that question. What we like that question. Oh, okay, good. Um, uh, what Katya said about um, bluegrass and like different genres like coming together to form new beautiful things. Um, bluegrass has changed a lot as a genre over the last few decades. How has that affected y'all? And what is it like seeing bluegrass like become more and more popular as it comes together with so many different other forms of, like genres of music? I would, love to, I would love to start from from my personal experience from the other side of this progression. Um, so I grew up in, in Maryland, like kind of on the hills um, of the Appalachian Mountains. So I think that this was always kind of in the background of my experience, but I. I don't know that I had listened to more than maybe five bluegrass songs in my entire life um, before starting this band. It was not something that I would seek out, not a band that I ever thought I would find myself in. Um, so I've come from the other side to love the opportunity and the creativity that comes from all of us having various backgrounds of jazz and pop and singer-songwriter and classical and funneling it into um kind of like getting the bluegrass of the glue on all of it or the grassiness and um to what I think Ben was gonna say I I almost think that where bluegrass is today is probably one of the only reasons that we have had so much success. I think maybe I don't want to sound like egotistical saying this because I don't know if this is true but like I don't know maybe 10 15 years ago like the scene would have been like what, the heck? what are these kids doing get out of here <laughs> yeah. yeah sure no I come from the other end of, of the spectrum where I like I grew up in Kentucky and like I love I've been playing bluegrass since I was seven and I, you know, I love bluegrass um and I was living under this super traditional rock really until um actually until winter wintergrass like kind of blew my mind with the kind of progressive bands they had and I like didn't really know that a lot of that was out there um until like you know you know this festival that combines my love of skiing and bluegrass kind of opened my mind to it and um you know when I first met these guys I told them I didn't want to be in a band with them because they were so weird you know I wanted to be super you know I wanted to I was trying to start like a really traditional bluegrass band like maybe it was some Celtic undertones um and then I just kept playing gigs with them for money <laughs> and then but then like we just kind of like morphed into this new progressive sound where it like took all of our different backgrounds of like st super strictly bluegrass and like jazz and classical and broadway and everything and like we kind of put it together and now there's a market out there that actually likes it and yes so, you know it's pretty it's it's pretty exciting to like kind of be in the winter Wondergrass family and like in the, in this progressive family that's taking bluegrass in a new direction. I think it's cool. Yeah. 
because like <laughs> we like uh, just like coming at it from the opposite end where it's like I just like we there the three of us had like a jazz band that was playing pop music. And I was like, what if we do like a bluegrass thing? Because people like that. And there's actually like a market for it. So it's like we were working backwards from like this unpopular jazz hole and yeah. like getting into bluegrass just because like people like that music. And there's actually <laughs> popular as you can dance to it. Yeah, you can yeah. dance to it. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, yeah, I think this band is really a product of the evolution of the genre because, like, I don't think they're like, yeah, I don't know if there would have been a home for us in ten years ago. Like in our story, just a little anecdote from my uh, personal journey as this band formed was Ben and I uh, were kind of like shoved together from friends that were like, "You guys are both good. You have to meet. You have to play music." You are friends now. Yeah. You do music. Yeah. Which is always kind of annoying when you're a musician. It's like everybody wants to try and set you up on blind dates with other musicians. Like, yeah. like, it's like not dates. It's just like, oh, you guys, you guys have to play music together. But we had yeah. the mutual friend that we had between us, like, does not offer his opinion. <laughs> so when he was like, dude, you gotta meet my friend, I was just like, what? Fun fact, it's the boyfriend of the you can't be found party girl. Oh, God, those two have been really influential. Um, so the (laughs) long story short is that Ben and I finally got over the hurdle of like another musician met five. We're like, wow, you're really good, blah blah blah. Um, and we were talking about what kind of music we both wanted to play, and I don't remember how we got to this after the like, I was like, so that we both kind of were like. Also, I just want to like pick shit over sometimes. Like, I just want to like break stuff sometimes. And, um, yeah. and now we're this. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, can y'all tell me a little bit more about the label, like Party Grass? What is that to you guys? Um, Zach's fault, really. Yeah. Is it Zach's fault? <laughs> I uh, was really into like, a person's name and the something something name blank and the blank and the blank and the blank and the blanky blanks yeah the OG like consideration was Katia and the KGB yeah grass band we went with but I think right now more than you already do anyhow yes quite a long name we started like. Playing in, uh, we all knew like the same like party music from like playing gigs around town. So when we first joined, we were playing without a drummer, um, and it was like bluegrass ish, really big ish from back then. <laughs> it wasn't bluegrass, so great skin. And uh, <laughs> it was really good. It's gonna chunk, yeah, it's like boom, boom, chunk pop music. <laughs> they were doing it. No, we thought it'd be like it was, it wasn't bluegrass, we didn't want it. It was more than just it was party things. It was like the dead south of more Yeah, but so, um, I was promised a bluegrass band in England. We've been, <laughs> <moving. laughs> I think it's still a good one like what we do because it's kind of as we were talking about with the genre is sort of expanding and becoming something way more uh, adventurous exploratory um it's kind of hard sometimes to explain to people 
what kind of music we play, especially people who are not familiar with where bluegrass have gone. Because if they yeah. say what do you play and we say bluegrass, they're not going to picture, think of what we play. And if we say new grass, they're not going to think of what we play. Yeah. Yeah, that's easier. I say progressive. progressive yeah. It's like the bluegrass, but it's parties. Yeah. All these qualifiers, like, oh, it's like super progressive bluegrass. It's jazzy, jammy bluegrass. It's this, it's that. But I mean, it's like, it's progressive. It, it is. Yeah. Like, up to our day, we could be probably have like four songs. But maybe I try. Maybe four slow songs. I try. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Don't play when I like this. Exaggerate a little bit, you know. Mostly. Um, I would say it's kind of fun. I feel like the word party grass, I've been watching the word party grass like pop up in other places. Nice. Um, well, so here's my fun story. Here's my yeah, fun story. My fun story about party grass is that, um, again, I was not super in the genre. And one of the first songs that kind of like popped on my feed that I got obsessed with was. Um, one of Kyle Tuttle's songs, actually. He has this um, Ruvara Raga. It's like a raga played on the banjo. Got obsessed with it. I was like, oh, gosh, I guess I like banjo now. Yeah. Um, and completely, I don't know why, but I think I was, I was on Instagram and like, clicked on the party grass hashtag. And he <laughs> had recently posted one of his posts and hashtagged it party grass. Really? Like, That's my band name. That's my band name. And uh, we became Instagram friends because of that. And wow. months, maybe maybe the better part of a year later, I think we actually met the first time at maybe at Winter Wonderland. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. So, so he and I became friends on Instagram because of the hashtag party grass. Um, and then, yeah, like the next Winter Wondergrass. I, we, I reached out. I was like, oh my gosh, we are playing at the same festival. Like, do you want to come sit in with us? And he did. And now we're all real life friends. And he's on our next album. No, he's not. He's not? He was. He was. No, Sam did. Oh, we say his name so many times, though. He was. He was. He was. He was. Sorry, we all just talk at the same time. We're going to have a guest solo on our upcoming album, but he just couldn't find the time to get it in this summer. So next. For sure. Um, This is going to be my first time going to Winter Wondergrass. Do you have any tips and tricks? Like, what is what's the deal? Onesie, wear a onesie and take lots of vitamin C. <laughs> okay, nice. It's just like eat I'll keep of that in mind. <laughs> eat tons of garlic. I've gotten super quick. Actually, I've been I've been uh, taking extra vitamin C in preparation for upcoming cruise trip. I would say if you are if you're if you're a fun outfit person, it's definitely I think a fun. Um, change up of like festival wear because instead of like little skimpy I don't want to sweat to death outfits you're like I yeah. don't want to freeze to death while I'm outside in the pouring snow and yeah at night pouring dumping snow um, so it's kind of fun to see everybody like in their like puffy ski suits and their onesies and their big crazy hats oh I, I love it all the hippie smells are self-contained <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's probably for the best. 
<laughs> Most of my <laughs> advice would be pretty generic festival advice. Like I would say, yeah. go to the side stages. A lot of times Winter Wonderhouse is really awesome for seeing new music because they'll put the same band on a side stage more than once. Um, so the band will play like two or three sets on the side stage. Oh, so nice. One band, and then in the next set, you post the other band. It's it's easier to not have to pick and choose. That was a convoluted way of saying. I don't know. It's kind of it's so fun. Find find the jams. Sometimes there's jams in hotel rooms or not hotel rooms, uh, conference rooms. Those are fun. Yeah, my sister lives in Steamboat. She works at a ski shop, and she was like, "Oh yeah, you're coming to Winter Wondergrass. That's when all like the hippies are like." coming in to rent skis and like whatever um she's funny um so we have very much time left um what are the okay for each of y'all can you go around and say what the first concert you ever went to was and what your favorite concert you've ever been to was okay i can go first i'll go first so Okay, I my dad is a musician and a sound engineer, so technically I grew up going to all these like little hippie concerts that he was working sound for all the time. But I mean, in like churches and stuff, that doesn't count. Yeah, my first concert that like of my own volition got tickets to go see was Nine Inch Nails, um, and it was the coolest lineup, you guys. It was TV on the radio, Bauhaus, and Nine Inch Nails. Like, oh wow, it was the in hindsight, because at the time I didn't know who TV on the radio or Bauhaus was, and now in hindsight, I'm like, that was the coolest lineup of a festival, festival, single night show ever. So that was my first one. I'm a little bit obsessed with Dread Racer. It's fun. Nice. The, the very first concert I ever went to as a human being was pretty badass, actually. It was, it was The Grateful Dead in 1994. It was Jerry's last concert in Utah before he died died this year. And I was like four or five years old. That's insane. I have like very few fleeting memories of it, but it happened. I have the ticket. Um, Yeah, now you can say you you went. Like, you don't need to... My first like concert of my own volition not nearly as cool was uh, <laughs> was 311. Yeah. <laughs> With the uh, Incubus opening. Oh, and the Sign of the Times. Yeah, Sign of the Times. Yeah. Indeed. All right. My first, my first concert that I went to, because I don't recall what was before that, was Primus and the Aquabats and nice. some other band who I can't recall. Yeah, but they were just, <laughs> but they were screaming South before it went on TV during the oh, change right. of those three bands. So we were like, what is this television show? Betty and I were talking about South Park that I accidentally swear. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then my favorite was probably Paul McCartney. I saw him in Golden Gate Park. My first one as a human, I think, was Boston in New York. <laughs> the, the band Boston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not you know the band New York Boston, uh, and I do think that my first concert, my own volition, was also thrilling. <laughs> I really, I really do. Yeah, it's like because I was like a thrilling fan, and they played it. You sounded like every year they loved it, uh, and it might have been the same one Ben went to. No, that was at Salt Air. 
It's all there, okay. That yeah. was after that. Tammy and Merle were my first. Um, and that was when I was a little kid. I don't know, like three. I don't know. I was I was young. My parents, and I'm not entirely sure about concerts of my own volition because my parents did bring me to a lot of concerts. They're all country music um, and were classical. And so, and I think I started actually playing shows before I started really going to shows as an adult. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's true. No, like when I was playing bars in Atlanta, um, like, yeah, I like hadn't really gone to too many shows like outside of school or my parents that my parents had taken me to. So, which brings me to, I think, my first adult show where I, like, you know, um, bought tickets and went, and it was 311. That's so funny. That was KCSU's local music director, Bailey Liverman, with the band Pixie and the Party Grass Boys. To listen to more podcasts like these, go to kcsufm.com or check us out on Spotify at KCSUFM or under the KCSU Music Podcast. Thank you and have a great day.